Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Prime Original Series of Very English Scandal, an entertaining three-part series starring Hugh Grant and Ben Wishaw. Based on a real scandal involving British politician Jeremy Thorpe and his quirky, charismatic ex-lover Norman Scott, this engaging story has critics raving, with The Atlantic saying it is a spry and surprisingly funny work. A Very English Scandal, streaming now for Guild members at ConsiderAmazon.com. Hi, welcome to Remote Control, Variety's TV podcast. I'm Daniel Holloway. Every week, we'll bring you conversations with some of the best and brightest in television, working behind and in front of the camera. On today's episode, we're talking with the CW stars Katie Lotz and Candace Patton about their website, SheThority. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Deborah Birnbaum, and I'm here with Katie Lotz and Candace Patton. How are you guys doing? Hi, good, thank you. Awesome. Excellent. Glad to hear it. So let's talk about Sheetharity. Um, I heard this was an idea you came up with about two years ago. How did it come up? Gosh, has it been that long? Time just flies. Time just flies. It's crazy. Um, we, well, we were shooting the crossovers, and it was kind of the first time where we were around a bunch of other women. Uh, normally, it's kind of like, there's just two women on the shows, and usually you're in a scene with a bunch of guys, and which that's changing a lot now. But when we got together on the crossovers, all of a sudden we were like, wow, this this feels so nice. And we just started sharing stories of kind of what we were going through, whether it's personal or work. And everyone was able to offer, like, advice or what they had done to get get through something or what helped them. And we're like, this is so powerful and so amazing to be able to create this kind of community. And so we wanted to expand that circle um, with more women and so we created she authority as a platform for people to be able to share their experiences and things their growth yeah we were also meeting a lot of fans at conventions around the world and we were saying you know these young girls come up to us and you know they want their autograph our autograph and a photo and there's a limited amount of time we get to spend with these young girls and young boys and often it's you know they want more time they're saying things like you know, my home life is really rough and I watch your show every Tuesday or whatever day and I, you know, I feel a little less alone watching Iris West or... Go ahead. What is it? Laura Lance. No, I'm kidding. Sarah, Sarah Lance. And I feel, you know, I feel a little less alone and we wanted to continue having these conversations with these young girls who were... And women. And women who are identifying with us. And we just didn't really have that platform. So we wanted to create something where we could continue the conversation with them. And so that's another reason she already kind of came about. Yeah, I think there's a lot of women um, dealing with a lot of stuff. I mean, we some of the things that I would hear, you know, girls talking about um, contemplating suicide or their parents not accepting that they're gay and mm-hmm. not able to have the time to really talk about these things um, and hearing so many of the same kind of issues and so to be able to give those 
people a chance to find other people that are feeling the same way and kind of learn about how they got through it, we thought would be really helpful. So what's the reaction been since you launched the site? Really good, in my opinion. I mean, it's terrible. It's been terrible. No, no. I go, we go to these conventions, and you see the girls and our merchandise and the sweatshirts and the T-shirts and hats, and um, it means something to them. You know, they wear these shirts to school. The first one we did was She Authority on the front, and on the back it had all of our kind of caricatures, and it says, We've Got Your Back. And I just imagine these girls kind of going to school, you know, feeling empowered, like we were there with them, and they feel, I don't know, like... They have a place and they have an identity, and that's part of something. They're part of something, and that that makes me feel great. I, I, I so it makes me get the impression that it's been a really good response. I think we were kind of surprised at how how well it did, um, and I think that's kind of you know what's driven us to make it more and more because we started with just the Instagram, and so many people like said how much it meant to them, and so we're like, how do we? How can we keep making this? better and you know more accessible so it's been very good (laughs) what was the response within cw to this idea of yours they're actually so supportive um not that that should be surprising but like really going out of their way to help Mm -hmm. um us spread the message and you know offer to help any way that we any way that they could they've been amazing with it and cw has always had their own sort of outreach they have cw good and i think this is just kind of another extension of their good works and so i think when they saw what we were doing they were like this works this fits what we're trying to do you know they were hiring more women more diverse actors on their shows and um i think we were speaking to a lot of the kind of um environment they were trying to create themselves so it was just a good fit, and so they really got behind us. And I would assume Greg Berlanti, and given that you're all part of the universe, the Arrowverse universe that he's created, he's been supportive of this as well? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, what have you learned from the experience of doing this? Hmm. I've actually learned kind of a lot about business. Mm. Uh, really? Yeah, because, like, I didn't know, like how to build a website or about marketing and about merchandise and there's a lot of and and how to operate this like hiring people to help um ha- how to manage it uh it, it definitely turned into be a lot more work than i was expecting uh but it's completely rewarding um and like it is awesome like it it's taught me a lot about kind of just business and organizing things, and it's been great. Yeah, I mean, we're still trying to figure out what this thing looks like and where it's heading, and it's it's not easy. I mean, we both have full-time jobs, as, as you know, working 14 hours a day often, in my case, nine months out of the year, and so we're trying to figure out how to keep this thing going and keep it evolving um, and getting the help that we need um, to keep this thing afloat and make it something bigger because we want it to be big. We want it to sustain itself when we can't physically be there to do it um, ourselves. So, yeah, there's been a lot of learning in that way. Yeah, a lot of, and, like, just more opportunities of where, how it can grow. And so it's like we want to be able to let it grow as big as it can without any restrictions on how much time that we can put into it. Also, I've learned how many people just want to help and be a part of something. 
in so many different ways. Just even like doing this interview, the fact that Variety is interested in this or our publicity team at CW that wants to get us out there or other women in other fields who are like, I love what you guys are doing. I want to write an article for She Authority about what it's like for me being a female reporter in this industry or being a doctor, a female doctor. Um, it's just been amazing how many people from all different walks of life are seeing this initiative and being like, yeah, this is a good time for this. I think the one of the things with writing articles, too, I'm, I'm writing one now, and I, you learn a lot about yourself. Like, when you're forced to put your thoughts down on paper, mm-hmm. you, you really do learn a lot about yourself. That's been hard for me, which I think is why I haven't been able to write an article for She Authority, because it's, it's really... You really have to reflect. If you're going to tell the truth and you're going to put, make something public to other women and other people who are going to be reading this, you want to be honest. And sometimes it's really hard to say the things that you want to say. Yeah. there are repercussions to that. Like you know? when we That'd did... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we did the an interview form of an article where we interviewed each other. And even during that process, we, mm. it was like, you know, we did one about race. And it was like, ooh, man, this is... This can be hard to talk about, like, and it's, you're opening Simple up things. and, yeah. Katie was asking me, like, you know, do you prefer to be called black or African-American? And is that inappropriate for me to even be asking that question as your white friend? And it was just so funny that that's something that she has thought about and felt a little difficult to bring up. And so I'm glad we're having those conversations um, just so we can, you know, open the platform for other people and other friendships to have that conversation yeah no i think that sounds really smart i mean i think part of it is that you know people have been afraid to ask questions and so to be able to put the questions out there and explore it it's probably why people are responding so much to it yeah because you don't want to seem like you don't want to seem ignorant right or you don't know if should you already know this like is it stupid for you to not know Mm -hmm. this and so people get afraid to ask the question but i think it's really important that's where we're in kind of you know a problem today where everything is so black and white you're either black or you're white you're republican or you're democrat you're this or you're that you're american or you're whatever everything is so polarized and so when you i don't know i hope that we can kind of lead by example in some way of just like sitting down and having an honest open dialogue where you know it's not vitriolic. It's just genuinely asking these questions. Is this okay? Oh, that's How a do you great f- word? Vitriolic. <laughs> Very good word. <laughs> yeah, but where you can just have an honest conversation and not feel like you are attacking or being attacked. So, how do you make sure that it's a safe space where that can happen? Because we all know what can happen online. So mm-hmm. we read every single article submission um, and the go two of you personally. It. No, we have. So, Lynn. Uh, one of my best friends from elementary school, she, we brought her on, and she has been a tremendous help. And there's actually uh, two other girls that we have helping read, and then they send stuff to us. Um, and so we make sure everything is safe and everything is you know, within our mission. And we don't allow for any commenting on articles so that it doesn't open anyone up to you know, scrutiny that maybe they don't want to have. Um, and that's pretty much it. And like just monitoring the socials and stuff like that. Is it anything off limits or can people talk about, you know, whatever they want, whatever's on their mind? What do we say? I mean, you can talk about whatever you want as long as it's coming from a place of 
reflection and understand where it's we don't want any of these articles to be about vindication you know i'm i'm upset about this that happened and i'm getting back at this person or i'm exposing this person it's really got to be an exploration and a reflection of you know a topic that you want to there was on on our twitter someone asked um like can i write an article about how white feminism is uh like damaging the black woman or how feminism is overlooking and and like i was like yeah like for sure you can but like the one thing that we'll ask you is that it's not a i'm just angry and i'm expressing that but like offering a solution like you want to like make sure you bring it around so that like what's the purpose of writing that article do you want to write that article because you're upset or because you want it to change like if you want it to change then you have to think about okay what can i say then for that white feminist to be able to read this and feel inspired to make better uh for colored women um so i think it's just kind of making sure you try to steer people into the direction of what what do you want to come from this and making sure that's something positive being proactive it's got to it's got to be an, something that you can be proactive about instead of venting about yeah and I think you're right. I think we're in this place right now where, you know, and it feels kind of recent, I mean, or in the last couple of years at least, where everything is so polarized that there's no sort of middle. You know, it's interesting to see that you guys have created space where you're trying to find a place where people can meet in the middle. Yeah, it is. Well, all of our experiences are so different. I mean, I think that's what happened when we started talking to each other, just women on these shows. It's all similar, but all different. Katie's experience as a white woman playing a superhero is very different than my experience as a black woman playing a superhero. And so while we share this universe and while we share being women, our walks are very, very different um, and very nuanced. And so I feel like every woman, no matter what your race, your sexuality, any of it, it's important for your story and your experience to be heard um because it's in those nuances that we create room for everyone to be like i get it i see i see your struggle and how can i help you how can i use my privilege even as a black woman for you as a muslim woman now understanding what you're going through how can i uplift you and make this environment safer for you because now i know what you're going through and i can't pretend like i don't know so now that i know what can i do um and that's why everyone's story i think is is so important so that we can no longer be ignorant about it i'm thinking i was thinking about the polarizing thing too yeah. that that's something I, I i think about a lot and i think it's the scariest thing in our country right now is how polarized we are and that you can't even have a conversation but it's just i think when people's values are tied into like the politics then it, there's no it's the, you can't debate it you know what i'm saying like and yeah i wonder how how we fix that hope we can heal that i don't know it's a you know cuz i do think we all get caught up in our own bubbles mm-hmm. and you sort of realize that you're preaching to the choir and and then it's hard but then everyone gets that much more entrenched in their own opinions yeah, yeah. you look at your facebook feed and it's like and you look at somebody else's and it's a completely different like that's why I like on my 
phone the Apple News because, like, I'll see Fox News and I'll see CNN. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not so... You're forced to kind of see both sides. But then you also see, like, this... You're telling one completely different story than the other one and how easy it is to paint something in a certain direction, like the way that you want it to be. How do you deal with social media? I mean, I know you said you didn't allow commenting on the site, but there's Twitter and Instagram where people can post comments. Do you filter them? Do you ignore them? I mean, does it impact you personally? You mean in our in our personal lives, like in yeah. our personal accounts? Um, I'm sure it's different for every person. I mean, I go through my periods of being very active on social media, and I think I go through my periods of not, and I think I'm in a, in a period of not being very active because it is just, it is, there is a, a, an anger there that I don't know how to address. And I think people are so angry and so upset that it comes off in a way that, um, you know, I have to protect myself. I still have to get up in the morning, put my pants on, go to work, you know, earn a paycheck and be kind to the person that's checking me out at the grocery store. And so there, if I'm constantly taking in negative comments about myself or about the show or about the world, um, I don't know how much good that does me. I think it's sometimes good to check in, um, but you know when it gets too toxic, I think you have to you have to protect yourself. Yeah, I I don't delete comments. I don't either. Um, I don't usually block people either. Neither. Because I think one of the things with like trolls and stuff, the best way to do it is just ignore it. Because as soon as you block them, then all of a sudden they've created like. 10 new other accounts to like and it's just like mm, don't have time for that um, I, I really try not to take a lot like I, I don't it's I don't read into things too much I don't take the highs so when people say really nice things I I don't I try not to let that even affect me because I feel like if you you take the highs then you're going to take the lows and so it's like being able to see that a lot of what people are tweeting at you or think about you isn't really about you it's just their idea of you i've also decided especially in in a format like twitter i'm no longer open to the idea of discussion on twitter on my twitter personally because i don't think it's a format that allows for safe discussion Mm -hmm. um you know i'm happy to sit down with someone or a friend face to face and have a discussion about Kavanaugh or whatever you want to talk about, anything that's polarizing, because I can see your face and I can see the words that I'm saying to you and if they're hurting you or affecting you in a way that I don't want it to be. On Twitter, there that that there's a glass wall up and you or not glass, but a full wall up and you can't see how your words are affecting people. Um, and so I've just decided for myself that Twitter is not a place that I want to have a discussion with anyone about really anything so for me it's just about putting information out there and if you like what i'm putting out there great and if you don't unfriend me and if you see me on the street and you want to have a conversation about race or or politics then great let's sit down let me look into your eyes and let's have a conversation you're both operating you know obviously as women in a superhero world which hasn't always traditionally been so friendly to women what does it mean to you to be able to be forward as women in this comic book superhero world and do you think that that's changing it's changing for sure i think it's impossible to say that it's not do we have so much more room to go absolutely um even just i mean you playing see uh yeah She's a bisexual, um, and she's the lead. She's yeah. the leader. 
She's not the like, you know, damsel in distress she's or the captain. She she's the one that's in charge. And I think, you know, a couple years ago, you would not have seen like a female bisexual captain of a ship. Like it it's just nice. wouldn't even, wouldn't have been there. Even seeing the posters for Katie's show and seeing Legends, and you see Katie's face. Hers is the big face. Hers is the one in the center. Whereas, I don't know that you would have seen that on a superhero show five, ten years ago. I just don't think that would have existed. No, as women were more of, like, the side. But it, it's changed so much. And, and so fast. So fast. It's it's crazy. Even the, what I've noticed from starting on Arrow, like, six years ago, and to the way things are now, it is tremendous how much change there has been. But that's also the power, again, the, the, the flip side to that, the power of social media. You have fans giving direct responses to studios and networks and producers and saying, I'm no longer interested in seeing women in this genre be damsels in distress. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not interesting. I'm not going to tune in for it. Um, if you put a woman on this show, make her be a hero as well. And so Creatives are getting direct feedback that women and men are no longer interested in seeing those tropes. They're just not interested in it. So I think, um, you know, studios, networks, producers, writers have all had to kind of like course correct very quickly um, in the last couple of years, which I think is a, is a good thing. I, I mean, I've definitely felt like the industry on like monetarily like felt like women were worth less. Not worthless, but worth less. Like that was the truth in in their head. So if even if there was an article 10 years ago and it said this woman's not getting paid as much as her male co-star, like everyone would be like, yeah, well, Duh. like he's he's the he's a he's man. man. Like <laughs> and now that that's totally unacceptable <laughs> thought process. Thank God, but it's it literally is just all of this is happening so quickly and it's great. It's a great time to be a woman. We still have a long way to go. Yeah. What are some of the issues that you see as forefront that you want to tackle next? Pay equality. <laughs> um, still, I mean, there's we've made great strides, but it's still an issue. Um, I think a lot of, for actors, to if everything was done on a uh, quote system, so you would get paid based off of how much you got paid on your last job. And so a lot of women and minorities had historically been always been paid less and off, also offered less opportunities to get those lead roles in high-paying jobs. So even today, when everything has changed, your quote might be left over from before, which I think there was actually an amendment to the equal pay law in California, and so now that will will change, which is fantastic. And people stepping up, people using their privilege, whether you're a man or a white woman, when we saw Jessica Chastain, you know, so wonderfully um, include Octavia Spencer and say she needs to get paid as much as me or as much as her co-stars. I mean, that's using your privilege to do something that is respectable and right. Octavia Spencer, I mean, what? She's not getting, like, how is that even possible? And why does it even take this person standing up for her to get that? Um, it's, it's crazy to me. But that's how you use your privilege. When you see there's inequality, you say, okay... I know I have power here. How can I use it? And what about your own power as actors on your shows? What conversations do you have with your showrunners and your executives? I think a lot of it is um, 
story-based and making sure you're protecting your character. Uh, so I think, you know, we also, we usually get held accountable. Like if your character does something bad, they, they blame you for it, and you're like, it was written that way. Um, but for me, it's just making sure that I, I protect the character and make it, you know, as much of a role model or a positive influence for young women to be able to look up to and that the stories aren't getting to um, going in a different direction. And I think even with Sarah being bisexual, making sure to protect how that was portrayed as well um, and that, you know, things weren't over-sexualized, or, but you also are showing sex because that's another big problem is you don't see, uh, you know, two women kissing on TV. or And that that's something people want to see. Um, if it's representing you, it's like you, you, why are we shying away from that? You'll show two men, like a guy and a girl kissing, but not two girls. And um, there's so much stuff that you kind of have to be sensitive to. And I think like representation is just such a big part of it. And you want to make sure you're giving um, representation to people on screen. Yeah. And I keep saying this and I've said that I've, I've had this conversation many times about representation. Representation is great, but it also, it, it requires follow through. So I say, you know, it's, it's not enough to hire a black woman to play your lead character on a show. It's not enough to just do that anymore. You have to write for that character. You have to promote that actress. You have to promote that character. You have to do due diligence. Otherwise, you're just checking a box and saying, you know, we hired a Muslim actor. We hired a black woman. We did the thing. Yeah. They're on the TV. Look what we did. Great. Congratulations um. to us. It's not enough anymore just to check those boxes. You really have to follow through. Otherwise, it means very little. It means very little. Um, so for me, that's kind of you know where, what I want to see in the next couple of years is really putting your money where your mouth is. If you're going to do these incredibly interesting things with casting, make sure it's done really well. A lot of that comes... If you have a diverse writer's room, yes. it's such a big part Ugh. of it. Because if you have a room full of, like, ten white men, yeah, they're not going to write great stories for, like, the the black female. Like, because they don't even know what to do. Like, right. how to do experience. it. Yeah, so having a, a diverse writer's room, I think, is really, really helpful for that. Diverse everything. Not just, right, diverse hair and makeup team. Yeah. Diverse everything all of diverse the cre- crew diverse, diverse crew yeah. Someone that know, a DP that knows how to light black skin brown skin yellow skin mm-hmm. it's there's got to be diversity on every level in every department and every time there's not it's a missed opportunity it's a missed opportunity so the the industry has to change in so many different ways we're getting there but we have so so much farther to go are you seeing that change are you seeing there be active um, I was going to say actions, active moves being taken to make sure that there's diversity in place at every level of production. I think there's, if there's not action being taken, there's at least an ear, which I don't think there always was. I think people um, in the industry are more open to having the conversation of, okay, I hear you. What, I, I didn't know that was a problem for you. How can I help or let's see what we can do? Um, is it always met with quick action uh maybe not but i do think people are more receptive to hearing you know about our diverse experiences 
Um, whereas before I would say, or a black woman would say, I need someone who knows how to do black hair. They would just be like, eh. I don't have to tell you. It's like, Vancouver. It's Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's, now it's like, no, you don't understand. I need someone who knows how to do black hair. And they're like, uh, okay, I get that this is a sensitive issue. Let's see what we can do. Let's see how I can make this comfortable for you. You started to thirty before Time's Up and Me Too really became a thing. Now you're looking on the other side of it. Could you ever have anticipated that we'd sort of be, have gone through the year that we just went through? And how those two things kind of dovetailed for you? <laughs> it is crazy that we did start it before the Time's Up. I think it was just in the air. Like, was, I think yeah. every woman all over the world was all feeling it. They were having these conversations in their workplace break room, whether it was like us in the green room on set. Women were having these conversations in coffee shops and, in, you know, boardrooms quietly and bathrooms with each other. Just like, can you just believe what Steve the- just did? <laughs> can you believe that? But like, yeah, the Time's Up movement has been fantastic and... I'm also just thinking in terms of giving women a voice. I mean, women have really found their voice over the last year, and that's something you guys have been advocating for. And women have also found um, um, safety in other women, which is not a new concept, but it's, it's a concept that's becoming more common day in and day out. I think women have often been pitted against each other. Um, it's always like there was one seat at the table. There's one seat at the table. Like there's, and so women were always having to compete against each other. And now that things are becoming more balanced, it's there's that that is going away. And I think a lot more women are able to really be like, okay, yes, let's help each other, and this is helping all of us. Yeah, but I think women have always part of it too. I feel like women have always had a voice, but people didn't want to listen. Um, it's the same like. You know, when people say about equal pay and they're like, you you know, you just have to ask for it. You know, you have to demand it and speak up for yourself. And it's like, no, if the person sitting across from you doesn't see you as equal, like they're not even if you're asking for it, they're not going to give it to you. It's 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 so much more than that. I think people now are really viewing women's value as equal to men and they're more open to hearing their voice. So now that you've come to the place where you are with the site, how can you grow it? What's the next goal for you? Ooh. Oh my goodness! <laughs> we just did a we dropped the book club today. Book club, yeah. Um, so now we have a She Authority book club. The problem is in ideas. It's finding the time to execute all the ideas that we do have or hope to have for She Authority. We have plenty of ideas. <laughs> I think one, um, two of the things that I, I hope that we're able to do soon um, is some events having like live events, which will be a really great one. Um, we're talking to Tumblr right now about doing one, which will be pretty cool. And also we want to start doing video content. Uh, one of the things that we want to do is uh, roundtable discussions with w- women, uh, when, women activists, uh, entrepreneurs, CEOs, uh, comedians. You can you come on our roundtable. Sure! <laughs> um, and, you know, so starting to do video content, uh, I think would be really awesome yeah so those are two of the two of the big ones bigger things yeah it's just finding the time but yeah we've got ideas for days and yeah like Katie said we just launched our book club today um our first book is a book called Becoming Nicole The Transformation of American Family there's a, a young girl joining the cast of Supergirl this season um 
first transgender superhero, which is really exciting. And this is a story about her life and her transition and her family. And it's such a beautiful story about family and love and triumph. And this young girl, Nicole, she's 20 years old. I've met her. She's amazing. She's I mean, me at 20, I could only hope to be... Oh, yeah, she just turned 21. Let's have a drink. (laughs) Um, I I was nowhere close to what this young girl is. Um, And so the book is just so powerful, I think. We really want people to get to know her and her story and her experience as a woman um, before getting to see her on Supergirl every week this season. And so much, I think, you know, uh, of hatred or... Whatever it is comes from fear. Like if no, if you don't know, never met someone who's transgender, it it can be scary to you. Um, and I think a big part of it is like educating people. And even like when I was at Comic Con and I got to meet Nicole and and I sat down with her and I was like, can I ask you a bunch of maybe really stupid questions? And she was like, you know, totally used to it. Um, but things where I'm like, I, I just, I didn't know. And like, she explained so much stuff to me. And I think it's a big part of it. Like what we were talking again earlier is not being afraid to ask the questions, but I think everything becomes less scary when, when you understand it. Mm-hmm. How will you measure success? What's a measure of success for you? Just when we t- talking, talking to the, to the women and girls that are in the Sheathority community. Um, it really, like, it's it's beautiful to see, like, kind of the connections that people have made. And, you know, I've talked to some girls who have written an article and they had the same experience that I did where it really helped them process something. And uh, that's really, I mean, that's the only reason that we do it. Like, we're not making any money off of this. We don't take a dime. Like, it's just to... Um, provide that for for girls share our story and yeah them share their stories i even work with a girl on our show and she's going through so much in terms of health and mental health and workplace issues being a woman and you know she'll text me she's like i'm just i'm so upset i don't i don't know what to do with my anger can i write an article for she authority yes yeah yes when you have time at work you write it down send it to me whatever it is and as long as it's you know, fruitful. We would love to have that experience on our website. So it's a place I think, I don't know when I hear from women, especially women in my own life that, you know, feel like this is a place for them to just, you know, I think as women, we hold so much in and we walk through the day. So angry. I feel like I'm angry all the time now. There's so much to be angry about. Um, and hopefully she authority is a place for people to, let some of that anger go in a really productive way. So for me, that's kind of a measure of success when I feel like someone has gotten a release from their life um, through she authority. Yeah. I think it's just not like hearing people saying that they feel less alone is like, like, yeah, oh, that's great. That feels good. You mentioned that you're working on an article. What's your article about? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's about career, actually. Um, and a lot of people ask me for, like, it, whether it's I want to be a writer or I want to be an actor or I'm 35 but I I want to be a psychologist but I think it's too late. Um, so it's kind of about that and my process for how I've 
been able to do the things that I've done and what my process is and how it works for me. And writing it, I didn't even realize I had a process until I started writing, and I was like, I see a pattern here. Um, and, yeah, so that's, that's about... And, and if you were going to write an article, what would you write about? <sighs> I don't know. There's, uh, It's so strange. Like We have this initiative, and I'm terrified to write anything about it. I don't know if I'm at a place where I can express all the things that I'm feeling, but I think a lot of that comes from, you know... Race, I think part of it is, you know, dealing with white feminism and how to tackle that without it being, you know, feeling attacking. Um, something that I would like to explore in an article at some point. I just have to think about my thoughts on it and it's what's hard. a positive way to speak about it, you know. Um, but I think if I was going to write an article, it would probably be about that. I, I find, like, there's been other ones, like, I've started to write an article and I'm like, ooh, not ready yet. Like, <laughs> uh, too soon. But yeah. yeah, like it is. It's hard. It's hard, and but it's very. I think it's really good for you. Like it helps you figure things out. Yeah, I think everyone who's sent in an article is honestly feels like an act of bravery in some some form. Sometimes these are hard things to talk about as women, you know. Well, perfect. Well, congratulations on the site and looking forward to seeing more. Yeah, thank you so much thank for having you. us. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to this week's show. We'll be back next time with another great episode. We'll be talking with Ben Stiller about his new Showtime series, Escape at Danamora. And if you like this show, I'd appreciate it if you could rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Let us know, too, who you'd want to hear from. What stars and producers should we invite on the show? Email us at podcasts at variety.com. See you next time. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Prime Original Series of Very English Scandal, an entertaining three-part series starring Hugh Grant and Ben Wishaw. Based on a real scandal involving British politician Jeremy Thorpe and his quirky, charismatic ex-lover Norman Scott, this engaging story has critics raving with The Atlantic saying it is a spry and surprisingly funny work. A very English scandal, streaming now for Guild members at ConsiderAmazon.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.